Thank you. 
Yes, amen. In this world, we know that we're going to have trouble. But take heart. Jesus has overcome this world. Aren't you glad that He overcame today? Amen. He didn't come. He didn't, he didn't come just to have something to do. I mentioned it this morning during Sunday school. Awesome, awesome lesson that I really didn't teach right. I preached it more than I taught, but that's okay. But the thing about it is, you know, he didn't come to do what we thought he should have done. He came to do what he intended to do. Amen. There were so many during the Bible times and so many today that believes that Jesus is supposed to do certain things. Jesus is supposed to do this or Jesus is supposed to do that. But what we must understand is simply this. Jesus came so that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. He came to save. Amen. The devil has come and he is seeking whom he can devour, whom he can destroy. But Jesus came to bring a plan of salvation for our lives. Amen. There's so many during the Bible times that really felt like, and we're going to talk about this briefly this morning, there's a false conception of what Jesus is supposed to do, what, of who Jesus is supposed to be in our life. There's a false conception about, Jesus, about the Word of God and about Christ, even in our times today. So I want to take a look this morning in a passage of Scripture. It's found in John chapter 12. John chapter 12, starting in verse 12. We're going to read these, four, these five verses, 12 through 16. And then I want to talk really briefly this morning concerning a false perception or a concept about Jesus Christ. So many today believe certain things about Jesus Christ. There are some that believe that Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, that God Himself is a genie in a bottle. I can just pray. I've heard this said before. I've heard people say, Oh, whatever the desires is of my heart, God said He would give it. So I desire a million dollars. Now, I'm going to tell you all, if I check my banking account, and there's a million dollars in there, boy, I'm going to be happy. But that is not just asking something like that. That's not how God operates. So many things that, Oh, I name it, claim it, and frame it. That is not biblical. That's not the Bible. I'm not, I don't care. I'm not going to sit here and argue with people concerning what is and is not the Word of God. I'll have a discussion with you. But I'm telling you right now, name it, claim it, and frame it is not found in the Word of God. Oh, but Brother Andy, he says in his Word, name things that are not as though they are. Let me tell you something, church. you got to put that in the context in which the Word is written. I'm naming that my household is going to be saved. I'm naming that God is going to take care of His children. Amen? Those are the things that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to name the blessings of the Word of God. But then there are always those things, we call them strings attached. But God says, if, you're gonna, if you want the blessings of God, you've got to serve me. So many times people think that I can sit back on the seat of do nothing and literally do nothing and receive all the benefits of God. It would be about like me showing up to a job, sitting at a desk, and twirling a little pencil on a piece of paper and doodling some things and expecting a big paycheck. If you find a job like that, would you please let me know? 
Brother Art, before you retired, you couldn't sit over there and just sit on a stool and expect to pay, collect a paycheck, could you? You had a job to do. Brother Kevin, they don't let you sit over on the side and do nothing if you expect to get a paycheck, do they? You've got a job to do. But so many times people, church folks, let me tell you something. Church people believe God is a genie in a bottle. That is not the God I serve. He wants us to be the hands and feet in this world. Amen? So let's talk a look, let's look at this a little bit. Take a look starting in verse 12 of John chapter 12. There's a couple of passage of uh, phrases in this that I want you to really, really pay attention to when we get to those. First of all, the next day a large crowd. You can get a sheet of paper, you can get a highlighter, you can get an ink pen. You, you can mark it, underline it in your Bible, highlight it on your electronic Bible, write it on your neighbor's arm. Large crowd. There was a large crowd that came to the feast and they heard. That's another word I want you to make sure that you make note of. They heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Let me tell you something, church. If you haven't heard, Jesus is coming back. Amen? He's coming back to take His children home. Amen? Let's go on to verse 13. Verse 13 said, So that they took the branches of palm trees. They went out. That's another phrase. Went out. They went out to meet Him, crying, Hosanna. Here's another one. Hosanna. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Go on, verse 14. Jesus found a young donkey that had never been ridden. He sat on it just as the prophets had written. Go on, verse 15. Fear not, daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Finally, verse 16. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had to be written about him and had been done to him. Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come to you again this morning. I want to thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this great opportunity that you've allowed us the honor to come into your house and worship you. Father, over the next few moments, I pray that you'll continuously hide us behind the cross of Calvary, that those looking would see your Son, He being high and lifted up, that all would be drawn unto you. We forever give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today, we know the rest of the story. We know everything that happened during the time and what happens next. We realize that Jesus soon is going to ascend to the Father. He is going to soon be the ob object of the same crowd. Go back to verse 14. This crowd hollered, Hosanna, Hosanna. Verse 13, excuse me. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is He. This same group is the same group that's going to cry, crucify, crucify Him. Let me, let me let you in on a little secret about people. 
You've never heard this before. You've never been told this, and don't tell anybody I told you this. People are fickle. People will flip-flop whichever wind, whichever way the wind is blowing. Oh, it's good today over here. So, woo! I'm on this side today. Tomorrow is raining. I'm going to come over here. I don't know about them folks. I don't understand. Oh, the next day it's lightning over here. People are fickle. They're going to move to the side that gets them the best. Let me tell you something. I'm going to stay on the side of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, because I've read the back of the book. No matter what comes today, I know that in the end, John's side is going to win. Give God a hand clap of praise this morning. Jesus told the disciples he had to go to Jerusalem. He had to go to, be suffer, to suffer and be killed. The disciples of the day, they imagined him going up triumphantly procession into the seat of the throne of the seat of government. They thought that he was going to go in and just take over everything. Little did they know his kingdom didn't call for a triumphant entry at that time. Y'all hearing me? I took my glasses off. I can't see. You better talk. They thought that a triumphant entry was going to enter right then. But they did not know that his kingdom called for the cross of Calvary first. Hello? They didn't know that his kingdom called for the cross of Calvary first. He knew that the kingdom of God called for a cross before he could sit at the right hand of the Father. All who chanted Hosanna, Hosanna, acclaimed him as king, but they were wrong in understanding the kind of king that he is. The inscription on the cross proclaimed that Jesus was king, which was right. But it was wrong in their understanding of the kind of king that Jesus truly is. The false conception of understanding who Jesus is is still alive today. Many misunderstand who Christ is. He was a prophet. He was a good man. He was just somebody that was trying to point the way. The understanding, the false conception of understanding who he is is still alive today. I'm going to tell you some things that's going to blow some of your mind. But I want you to really listen to me. And I'm going I'm, I'm to I'm attempt to go very, very slow right here. And I need you to really listen to what I'm saying. Because I need you to understand, we do not need to have the false perception of who Jesus is. We do not need to have the false perception of who Christ is. We've got to understand who He is today. Jesus was not an earthly Savior that's bringing utopia to earth for the people of God. He did not come to bring peace 
to mankind at that time. He's not here today to bring peace to us just yet. The false conception of who Jesus is. Many see, y'all need to really hear me. I ain't got my glasses on so I can't see you sticking my tongue out at me. So I need you to really listen to this. The false perception of who Christ is. Some see, sees Christ as a conqueror. They see him as one who is going to straighten out all of my problems of this earth by overcoming the enemies of mankind, the enemies of evil, hunger, disease, and poverty. That's not who Christ is. Christ came so that we would be the hands and feet of God. We are supposed to be the one to stand against evil. Hello? Did it? Who, who? Brother Wayne, tell me if anybody gets a songbook, throw it at me. Many believe that we're supposed to sit back and allow Christ to do all the work. We're supposed to allow the Holy Spirit of God to work through us and be the hands and feet of God. Second thing, y'all really, y'all better catch this. Second thing, many look at Christ as being a provider. One who is to feed us, to house us, to give us health, riches, success, and to bless us in all the good things of life. I want you to understand something. If the bird does not have to know where his next meal comes from, then as a child of God, I know that God's going to take care of me. God is going to provide for me. But I've got to do, I've got to serve the living God. I've got to follow in the steps that Jesus has provided for us. I've got to do what Christ has called me to do. I cannot sit back in a chair and just sit here and say, well, God's going to provide. I should have worn my pink socks today. I'll just tell you something. I'm glad I didn't wear my black ones because my wife would have looked evil at me. Can somebody tell me if she's shaking her head or not? Okay, good. Many times people think, well, God's going to take care of me, so I'm just going to sit here. God's going to bring my next meal to me, I'm just going to sit here. God's going to provide the blessings, of, I'm just going to sit here. There's a phrase that says, you give somebody a fish, They'll eat one meal, but you teach them to fish, then keep eating. Brother Andy, that ain't in the Bible, okay? He who doesn't work shall not eat. That is Bible. Too many times people want to sit back and allow God just to provide everything for us. The Bible tells us we're supposed to get up and do something. The Bible talks about 
Y'all, this is the longest I've ever sat during a sermon. Last week, I thought I was going to drive myself crazy. I was sitting on that front row, and I didn't know what in the world I was going to like, Man, I'm like, I got to get up and do something. I finally got up and go play the drum. <laughs> but people want to sit and say, God's going to provide. God's going to move that water closer to me. That water bottle had jumped off in my lap, I'd have screamed. But what we've got to understand in all aspects of life, yes, my God is my provider. But I have got to do the work that God has called me to do. Let's go on. Many believe that God is an indulgent... Y'all need to hear this. If y'all thought those first two was wild, you wait to get this one. God is a conqueror. God is a provider. Those are two false conceptions. I'm not saying that it is false that God's not a conqueror because God conquers sin. He went into the, into, the, into the very pits of hell and got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He is a conqueror. But many think that he's supposed to do all the work for us. God is my provider. He provided a ram in the bush for Abraham. He's going to provide things in our lives. He's going to make a way of escape. But I've got to get off of the seat and I've got to do something for God. The third one, a false conception, is that God, y'all ready for this one? This is the one somebody will throw something at me. I better put my glasses back on. Brother Dan, watch out for me. God is an indulgent, passive God. God is one who accepts me no matter what I do. Just so that I do something religious every once in a while. Just so I give a McDonald's Happy Meal to the hungry. God accepts me as who I am. He is the one who allows man to live as I desire, doing my own thing despite the sin and injustice and immorality of my behavior. That's not the God I serve. Does he love us? He most certainly does. Does he like all of our behavior? No, he does not. As we take a look at those verses out of John chapter 12, there's several key facts that clearly show in these passages of Scripture the false concept of Christ then and today. Number one, Remember I told you to write on your neighbor's arm the words large crowd. The large crowd was involved in welcoming Jesus in a triumphal scene. Many held the false conception that Jesus was an earthly king and a savior to mankind as one who will, will, will bring order and secure all the good things of earth. But I need you to know that this large crowd 
went out to welcome Christ. They went out. They were not just sitting and waiting. They heard. Remember that word? They heard and they went out to meet him. How do they hear? Lest we tell. Many in the church thinks that the world is going to know who Jesus is just because, just because. They're not going to hear about Him lest we tell. I've got to be a mouthpiece for Jesus Christ. I've got to go out in this world and get off of the seat of do nothing. Y'all just wait till the pacifiers come out. Not in this sermon. It got everybody excited then, didn't it? Too many sit here and do nothing when God's wanting us to be the mouthpiece in the world around us. How are they going to hear lest we tell them? These people, they took the palm branches. They took them out to wave, wave and lay before Him. We call today Palm Sunday. Why? Because this is celebrated as the day that Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Where they laid their cloaks and their palm branches down before him. But let me explain to you the palm branches. It's not what you think. Hello? The palm is a symbol of victory and triumphant. They were waved. During the, during the times, during Bible times, they were waved triumphantly as a conqueror rode in victorious into the city streets. The people that day were welcoming Jesus Christ as the great conqueror and mighty deliverer, but they were way too early. Jesus did not come that day as a conqueror. He did not come in that day as a mighty deliverer. He came that day as the Prince of Peace. He came in in peace, not as a judge, not as a conqueror, but as a peaceful individual riding to his certain death. The people cried, some of you never heard this stuff before. The people that day cried, Hosanna. This means, save me now. Right now. They was trying to hurry God up. So Brother Andy, are we not supposed to cry Hosanna? No, I'm going to cry Hosanna. Because I know that He is the Savior of mankind. He's my Savior. He's my Redeemer. He didn't come the first time as a conquering mighty warrior. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a time that He's going to come. He's going to come back on a white stallion. The first time He came in, He came in on a, on a donkey. He came on a colt that had never been rode before. He came in riding a donkey. But the next time He's coming, He's coming back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's coming back as a mighty conqueror. 
as a deliverer of mankind. Man desires to be free. But you need to note something. Man desires to be free right here, right now. Every person that has ever been arrested, what is the one thing that's on their mind? I want to get out of here. I want to be free. I want to get out of those shackles. Brother Andy, that's not what's on their mind. Would I have any volunteers to be handcuffed this morning? I don't have any handcuffs. (laughs) But if I handcuffed you and I made the shackles tight, what is the one thing that's going through your mind? I'm getting out of this. Look, Josh is back there saying, I'm getting out of this. I'm going to break these things. I'm getting out of this stuff. Man wants to be free. Man desires to be free. Church, a few Sundays ago, we talked about being free from the chains of bondage that has us down. We named some of those chains that's got us bound down. And there's so many in the church world today that allows them chains to keep us bound down. And we don't allow God to break the chains. Man thinks little, if any, about being free from the bondage of this world. If I told you that you was bound down by, the, by a chain of depression, by a chain of anxiety, by a chain of rejection, if I told you that, but then I also chained you with an actual chain, which one are you going to focus on first? The actual chain. But there's so many that has a spiritual bondage that we need to be set free from. So let's take a look at that. Let's look at how God helps us. Jesus is demonstrating two things when he enters into Jerusalem. First, as he's riding in, he is the unquestionable promised king, the savior of mankind. The second thing that he tells us is he's not coming in as a conquering king. Why? Because his mission is not of this world. His mission is not to be a worldly king. He does not desire the pomp and circumstance of this world. Do you know there's so much pomp and circumstance here on earth that none of that compares to what's going to take place when the rapture of the church happens. Jesus did not come to be a leader of an army, to kill, to injure, or to maim. People then or now must change their concept of who the Messiah is. The cult that he rode on, look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. The cult that he rode on was a symbol of peace. Jesus came to bring us peace. Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by our faith, we have peace with Jesus, with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Take a look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20. 
See, y'all thought I was making all this stuff up. I got scriptures to back you up. Watch this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. The cult, y'all ready for this one? The cult symbolizes service. You can't do service right here. You cannot do service sitting on the seat of do nothing. You've actually got to be doing something. The colt symbolized service. The colt was a noble animal, an animal used in the service of man to carry their burdens. Jesus came on a colt symbolizing that he came to serve man and to bear the burdens of mankind. Brother Andy, that's not in Scripture. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, it says this, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. You think you're above God? You think you're above the Son of God? Jesus did not come into this world to serve, but to be served and to give His life as a ransom for many. Take a look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Look at what it says. But He emptied Himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. Verse 8. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by being, becoming obedient to the point of death. Does anybody remember Sunday school this morning? Jesus Christ was hit by, a, by an officer of the court. Did that officer know who he just struck? He didn't struck. He did not strike. Oh, my English teacher just cringed. He did not strike just any ordinary person. He struck the Son of God. He didn't strike the President of the State's Son. He struck the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He struck somebody that at the very thought, the very snap of a finger, tens of thousands of thousands and millions of angels would have, would have rushed in and rescued him. If they think for a moment that the chains that had him bound was going to bind him, they are sadly mistaken. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, death on a cross. The last thing that we see here is the cult symbolizes sacredness. The cult symbolizes sacredness and in turn symbolizes reverence and respect. Too many times people do not have the sacredness and the holiness and the respect that God deserves. They do not show that. It's a haphazard relationship that we have with God. How do I know this? Take a look. Animals and anything 
that was used at that time for religious purpose had to be brand new. Never to have been used before. This detail points to the very sacredness of the event. It pictured for everyone that Jesus was deliberately taking every precaution to proclaim that He was sacred and He had sacred hope. He had the promise. He was the promise of the Messiah for mankind. How do I know this? John chapter 6 and verse 38 tells us this. For I have come, Jesus says, I have come down from heaven. I didn't come to do what I wanted to do, but I came to do the will of the one who sent me. Last verse, John chapter 11. John chapter 11, verses 25 through 27. Look at what it says. Jesus tells the woman that was there that day. He says, I am. Boy, that right there is a lot in that. There's a lot in those two words. There's a whole lot being said right there, but I'm going to move on. But Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet he shall live. This earthly body may pass away, but I'm going to tell you something. The second that I take my last breath here on this walks of life is the same moment that I'm going to wake up in glory. I'm not going to die, but I'm going to live eternally with Him. Look on at verse 26. Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And look at this. He asks her, do you believe this? Church, you need to understand something. Many will tell me, I believe in Christ. I believe in Jesus. But I'm going to live my life and I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to live my life how I want to. I'm going to do what I want to do. I came to church when I was six years old and I don't have to go back because I got saved way back then. They sprinkled, they, they put me in the swimming pool and I splashed around a little bit. So whoop, glory to God, I'm saved. The Bible tells us in order to believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Redeemer that I've got to die daily. I've got to take up my cross daily. I've got to follow after Him daily. I've got to get up out of the seat of do nothing daily. I've got to serve God daily. I've got to put my trust, my faith, and my dependence on Him daily. So He asks, do you believe this? Now watch verse 27. She said, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. You know, the, the last part of this verse is sort of strange. They're standing there face to face. They're talking. They was not DM on Twitter to each other. 
They was not private messaging. They wasn't texting. They was face to face. She didn't say, I believe you are in this world. She said, I believe you are the one that is coming into the world. She believed he was here, but he's also coming again. Would you stand all over the house? Church, you've got to understand something today. It's, it's, it's more than just believing. It's more than just believing who Christ is. But we've got to put our, our belief into action. If I told David that I got a $100 bill in my pocket right here, all you got to do is come get it. If he believed that, and I told him that all he's got to do is come get it, how many believes that he's going to let somebody stop him from coming to get this $100 bill out of my pocket? I don't even think Roger can stop him. He's coming. Look, there's a, a diagonal shot straight, going right across these pews. I'm telling you right now, you talk about walking on water. Boy, it would be something if I said there was five brand new crisp $100 bills and you come get them, David. I'm going to tell you right now, I can't hide. He'd chase me down. He'd get this coat off of me and he's going to get them five $100 bills out of my pocket. What just happened with that? Did he believe they would? They ain't five $100 bills in this pocket. All that's in this pocket is a mask, y'all. Don't nobody tackle me after church. Oh, Dan, you better be watching. <laughs> Let David get close. But if he believed that it was so, he can't just name it, claim it, and frame it. Oh, he said that they're there. I believe they're there. Now I'm going to speak it into action. Those five $100 bills is going to just magically float up out of his pocket. Whoop, glory to God, hallelujah. And it's going to magically float all over the air. And it's going to land right here in my hands. Woo, glory to God. Well, if that was the way it worked. But know what happened. That belief had to be put into faith and into action. Church, your relationship with God must have belief, but there's got to be faith that God is the Son of, that Jesus is the Son of God and God is alive and Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I and that when Jesus ascended into the heavens, He sent the Holy Spirit to be a comfort, a guide, and a helper in our lives. we got to have faith in that. And not only that, we gotta believe, we got to put that faith, that belief, we got to put it into action. I preached that several years ago. I may need to bring, them, bring that back out and preach that again. 
because we got a big thing going on around the church. We got we we haven't decreased in size during COVID. We've increased. We got a lot more faith, brother Andy. There's not a whole lot of folks. Oh yeah, there's a lot of folks. We ain't lost anybody. We've gained a lot of folks. Why? Because we're putting our faith and our belief into action. We've got to go and tell the world who Jesus is. We've got to be the mouthpiece of God. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, God, I want to thank you and I want to praise you for the blessings that you've given us. Father, right now I pray that those that have joined us on live feed, those that are in-house alike, Father, I pray that something has been said today, something has been done to bring encouragement to the hearts and lives of each one that's here today. Father, I pray that you will just move and minister, continue to touch in the lives of each one. God, I thank you for all the many blessings that you've given us. And right now, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if there be one that's here today, that you would say, Brother Andy, I had some of those false conceptions of who Jesus is. I need to make sure that my relationship is changed. My relationship starts the growth process to get closer to Jesus as my Savior. If that would be you, would you just lift your hand up and take it right back down? There ain't nobody looking around. Live feed can't see you. Live feed is zoomed in right on my pretty little nose. Nobody can see you. But if that's you, would you just slip your hand up and take it right back down? You might would say this morning, Brother Andy, I, I'm, I'm that person that many years ago I got saved. And I thought that's all I had to do. I've not really lived a Christian life. I've let things hinder my growth. I've done things I shouldn't have done. I need God to forgive me. I need God to save me. I need to rededicate my life. That might be you. Would you slip your hand up and take it right back down? Nobody's looking. Nobody's watching you. You might be that one today that say, Brother Andy, I ain't never gotten saved. I've never, got, I've never gotten saved, but I need salvation in my heart and in my life. I need God to do a work in my life. I need salvation. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and take it right back down? God knows each one. God knows your heart. God knows your mindset. God knows everything about you. Dear Heavenly Father, again today, I thank you and I praise you for all the blessings that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Does anyone need to be anointed and prayed for this morning? Need to come to an altar. Get a hold of God. Those that have joined us on live feed, thank you so very much for being a part of what God is doing here at Coosa Valley. Thank you for being a, the, part of the best that Coosa Valley has to offer. May God bless you. Amen. At live feed, just hang out for just a second. You may be seated this morning. A couple of things really quickly. Next Sunday, I'm excited. Next Sunday, we're starting Sunday school back in-house. A couple of things that we want to go ahead and lay down as a ground rule. 
Brother Dan, you can go ahead and open those doors because everybody needs to hear this. You can tell, tell those that's out there, those that's in the nursery, those that are part of a safety team, let them know that we need to be listening to this. What we need to understand is simply this. We still want to be safe. We still want to do the right thing. We still want to be cautious and, and conscientious of what we're doing. So what I need you to understand this morning is as we're starting Sunday school, next Sunday we still have the masks. We still come in with the mask on, go to your Sunday school class. You can take those masks off. Once you've taken the masks off, or once you're seated, you've taken the masks off, try not to get right on up onto somebody. Me and Sister Carrie's in the same home, so it's okay, but let's not be doing all this. We still need to, we still need to maintain. Oh, but Brother Andy, I'm, si I'm fine. I, I ain't sick. Yeah, but you don't know about them, and they don't know about you. We still need to be cautious. We normally take role in our Sunday school classes. At this time, what we're going to do is Sister Frances is going to go around to each of the classes, and she's going to do that. The teachers are not going to have to worry about that. Some have asked about their Sunday school offerings. The gray basket back in the back as you enter the sanctuary. As you're entering in, it's on the right hand. You're exiting, it's on the left hand. You're welcome to put Sunday school offerings, your tithes and offerings in there. God will bless you. We're going to just take this several weeks at a time. We're not going to rush this. We're going to be very, very cautious very, and very, very uh, uh, conscientious of how we're doing. Brother Andy, uh, the governor is going to be re releasing the mask mandate. That's great. You still do what you're comfortable with. Amen? We still have masks out front. If you need one, don't you forget yours at home, like I've done. There's still masks out there. We're going to do that. We need folks also to help in the Sunday school classes. Sister Callie is standing in the doorway. Everybody turn around and look at her. You can't see her pretty face because she's got a mask on. There she is. Callie takes care of the nursery. The nursery is going to be Sunday school, Sunday morning, Wednesday night. We don't have in-house Sunday night right now. She needs people so that she's not in the, in the nursery all of the time. We have a few people that have signed up that is ready. There will be two workers and no more than two workers in the nursery with the children starting next Sunday. She will start a rotation. She'll keep that rolling. Brother Andy, what a, that's my rules. Don't get, at, don't get mad at her. We need more. She'll tell me. We'll work that out. We've already got plans in place because I'm going to tell you something. I'm believing in growth. I'm the only one. I got one more. I'm believing in growth. Come on. 